0: I'm your host, Magic Barclay. Today, Maureen Ross-Gem is back to talk all things creating a dynamic inner support system. Welcome back, Maureen. Thank you, Magic. I'm happy to be back. Now, in our last episode, we covered all of our regular questions, but this one, we're really talking about what people talk about is that inner voice. So we're going to take a positive spin. Can you explain how you came up with inner support system?
1: Well, it's, it's kind of interesting. I think, you know, there's so many people struggling today with what we call the imposter syndrome and there's so many professionals that get into uh, high-paying jobs, and then suddenly they have to give a presentation, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, what if they find out I'm really, you know, a fraud?" Or they start their own business, and they're becoming more of who they want to be in the world, and providing this incredible service. But still, there's a voice inside that tells us we're not good enough. Everybody you see has two human fears that we're kind of all born this way, unless you're a psychopath, in which case you're probably not going to be listening to this podcast. So, <laughs> But for 98% of us, we have an ego and we have an inner critic, an inner voice that tells us we're not good enough because when we're born, these two fears that we develop very, very early in life, like like at one and two years old is the fear that we're not enough or that we're not pleasing mom and daddy enough, or that we are not going to be liked or loved, right? That fear of not being accepted. And those two fears, they tend to follow us throughout our entire life. And they have the underlying fears that guide a lot of our behaviors, Okay. So as we continue to grow up and become even conscious that we even have these fears by learning more about yourself, I really got sober at 24, right? So I'm trying to figure out who I am as a sober person, who I am going to be in life. What do I really have to give to a job, a boss, a team, a, a family, and that sort of thing. And I learned a lot about my inner voice because I became much more consciously aware of how I was speaking to myself. So years later, after I got out of my corporate job, because I didn't really, you know, I wasn't developing this stuff all along, but 10 years ago, when I got out of that, I started my own business, Emerge Leadership Academy. And I decided people need a little course on the voice, how to manage that voice, because like I say, you know, world peace starts with inner peace. Well, leadership starts with inner leadership. We really need to learn to get a handle on that voice so that we can become all that we can be because not shining our light is not helpful for anybody, right? So we want to step up and do that. So that's when I created sort of this internal leadership, how to create a positive inner support system for yourself, otherwise known as like managing that, that inner critic or that critical inner voice. So there's six common strategies of the voice
0: and a five-step process to manage the voice. So what are some of those steps that people can do? Because we all have that inner voice. And as you said, when we were discussing off air, everyone kind of talks about it as a negative thing whether it be through imposter syndrome or, or what have you. But that inner voice can also be your guiding light and your savior. So how do you really nurture that in those positive ways? I think, Magic, that there are two
1: voices. There's really probably more. But I look at it this way. If it's negative, it's not your inner guidance system. It's not your intuition unless it's trying to keep you safe, in which case, right? We do sometimes have those fear receptors that say, our intuition says, don't get in that car right now. Don't do it. (laughs) And you know better and you go and do it anyway, right? We all have this inner knowing sometimes that when things are not as they should be, when we, we shouldn't be trusting somebody maybe that we are trusting, right? But I'm talking about That voice that stops you. So, why don't I share the six common strategies of that negative voice? I call it the ego or the little devil on your shoulder. I call it the inner critic. There's a lot of different words for it, but I think you'll recognize it right away when I go through these six common strategies. So, the first way that the voice shows up is it says, you can't, right? So maybe I see a job on the board and I get all excited. Oh my gosh, that looks really exciting. That's something I'm going to go for. And then my inner voice kicks in. Oh, you can't go for that. You don't have all the experience that they're wanting, or you don't have the level of education that they're requesting. Like you can't, you can't do that. And that inner voice that stops us from doing things, is really, I'm going to just go off the strategies for a moment, say, it's really trying to keep you safe. So it, it has what it thinks is your best interest in mind. It's trying to keep you safe. But what happens when we stay safe is We stay small. We don't take any risks. We don't get out of our comfort zone. And we end up with a sad sort of immobile kind of life where we're never doing anything or going anywhere because we're always hearing you can't do that or you shouldn't do that. And you end up, you know, not doing it, not following through because of your fear, either your fear that, you might not get the job. You have to face disappointment or that somebody isn't going to like you or they're going to be critical of you. And so we try to manage other people's perceptions of us and it's just ridiculous. Okay. So you can't, that's the first one. The second one is it says, oh, you should do this, or you ought to do that, or you must do this, you know, like you ought to create, make those cupcakes for, you know, your son's whatever at school, because every, you haven't done it in a long time and everybody expects it of you or whatever, or you really should go help your friend move for the 18th freaking time. when You get like tired of constantly going out and doing things just to make people like you. You see how that works? So it tells you you should do this, or you ought to do that, even though it's not at all what you want to do, or it's very inconvenient. Okay. Number three strategy of the voice, it tells you, you need something. Now this is the voice of the addict for sure. Like I say, well, you know what? I am going to go back on the no sugar. I'm going to just stop eating for a while. And I'm going to just ignore the big jar of M&Ms on my boss's desk. And I go back to my work and I'm really confident for a day or two. And then suddenly out of the blue, one afternoon at two o'clock, the voice just just jumps right in and says, you need some M&Ms right now. And you're like, uh, no, oh my gosh, where did that come from? No, I don't need any. Yes, yes, you need them. You need them. You need them. You need, and it doesn't let up. It just barrages you. Do you know what I'm talking about? Magic. Are you with me?
0: One hundred percent. That voice. (laughs) It's just so annoying, isn't it?
1: Uh, Indeed, it is. And sometimes it's a lot to break the habit of that voice. I'll tell you how in a minute. Okay. The fourth way that this voice shows up is it says you don't deserve something. So for example, you've participated, you've led this team and you've got the job done. You got it done under budget and on time. And and then somebody singles you out for an award. And you think to yourself, this was a team effort. Like it wasn't just me. Like, I don't want, you don't deserve this, or maybe you don't deserve it because it was too easy because I didn't have to struggle too hard to get what I got. And things just came to me. And now I call them, they're just gifts from the universe. And yes, you can accept that award because probably without your leadership, maybe the, the team would not have reached their goals. And then when you accept the award, you give everybody the credit and you do reward and recognize the people that are on your team. But the truth is, the more you tell yourself you don't deserve something, some gift that is given to you is sort of like. It doesn't feel good when I give somebody a gift and they say, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not taking that. Like it doesn't feel good as the giver. And so as the receiver, we need to learn to receive and quiet down that voice in our mind that says you don't deserve it, or you shouldn't have this for some reason or another. It's not, it's not good. And it erodes your self-confidence and your self-esteem, that voice that is constantly saying, you're not enough. You don't really deserve it. So a really good way to combat that one is just to counteract it with the belief, I am enough. I am smart enough, fast enough, young enough, pretty enough, intelligent enough. I- I'm enough. It, you don't even have to have a word that you put in there, you know. but you can fill in the blank. You just tell yourself you are enough when your voice suddenly chimes in and says you're not. All right. The fifth way that the voice shows up is what I call how it turns fantasy into reality. And you assume that something's going to happen and you make up this story in your head, and then you don't even move forward. So for example, I'm going to give you an example in, in regards to dieting. Okay. I know that I don't, like how these pants feel on me, so i'm I'm done. I'm gonna stop eating popcorn at night and I'm gonna stop eating, you know anything past five o'clock. I'm gonna do some you know intermittent fasting, something like this. And then the voice shows up and says, "Oh yeah, well, you know how that's gonna go. You're just gonna stop for like a week and then you're gonna have a slip and then you're just gonna get right back into your old pattern. So why even try? why even go there to begin with? You already see yourself as failing. And so you just don't even try. And that it stops us more times than you'd think. It stops us from going on dates and meeting incredible people because we might think, well, I don't, I don't really think, or it probably won't go well. So I might as well not even go out. I probably won't get the job. So I might as well not even try for it and it stops us. So that's the fantasy into reality. And it's just crazy, crazy talk. All right. The sixth and the last one is how our inner voice sometimes creates anxiety and panic attacks for us. So if you were an audience in front of me right now, I'd ask you if you ever had a panic attack and see how many people raise their hand, Almost everybody in the audience usually raises their hand. A lot of people, like more than 75% raise their hand. They tentatively look around first. (laughs) Some people's hands shoot right up. But the thing is, anxiety, it starts with the voice in your head. And it feels like it starts in your body. Now, and I, I want to caveat this to say, there are some people who do have anxiety disorders. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, okay, I'm going into work today and I have an interview and I have a lot of anxiety, or I've got to go to this networking event. And I am say, you're an introvert and you don't really want to go, but you're sort of being forced to go. And so you're thinking about it all day long and These are the the voices, the stories that play in our mind. It suddenly you realize that you're really nervous about it and you have this anxiety or you have to give a presentation, whatever it is, right? It's the stuff that we deal with in our everyday life, but that we don't want to have to do. And we feel the anxiety and the voice says, oh man, you have a lot of anxiety and you're like, oh yeah, you start feeling it in your body and, and then it gets worse because you're focusing on it. And pretty soon your voice is like, wow, this is getting really bad. There is no way you should go to this event tonight. You're having an all out panic attack. You're freaking out. You got to get out of here, like run, run. And it's asking you to just leave the meeting or don't walk out on stage and you're sweating. And you, we create these like panics in our mind because of how we talk to ourselves because of how we focus on what's wrong or what's bad. And that can create uh, panic attacks. So that's how that voice doesn't serve you. That's how that voice shows up and can be a real pain in the butt. Any uh, comments or questions before I tell you the five-step process to manage the voice?
0: No, tell
1: us more. Okay. Okay. So it's important to first, the very first step is decide what it is that you really want to do. You want to run a marathon? You want to lose 20 pounds? Do you want to get a new, exciting job? What do you want? And then that decision means that you are going to go up against yourself, which is the biggest obstacle. You're going to go up against that voice that's going to try to stop you. (laughs) When times get tough, it's going to try to stop you. So number one is decide, decide what it is you want. Number two is the first time that voice comes into your head and says, I can't, or you can't, or you need, or you should, or you don't have to prove anything. You don't have to do this. That's when you recognize that it is your voice. What I say about recognizing it is also name it. So magic, I want you to think about this because I'm going to ask you after, if you were going to name your inner voice, what would you name it? I named my inner voice Grinelda, <laughs> my inner critic Grinelda, who is the evil twin stepsister of Cinderella. <laughs> just so you know. And so I could laugh at her, but recognize it. Okay, Grinelda, I see you over there. No, I'm not going to let you mess with my head right now. Or thank you for sharing. Please be quiet. Right? I don't have to say, get out of my head. Leave me alone. I don't have to get mad I just need to, uh, to recognize it and then dismiss it. So that's the third step. You dismiss the voice. You are not going to negotiate. This is the thing. If you allow yourself to negotiate, it's like allowing yourself to negotiate with a five-year-old who wants to eat before dinner like an ice cream popsicle or something, right? And, and they say, Ma, you know, I want that. I want that lollipop. I want it. I want. And you say, no, no, that's the end of the story. You don't keep saying, well, geez, maybe if they ask me on the fifth trial, I'll give in you don't do that. You don't give in. You don't let them go play out in the street. If there's a lot of traffic going around, no, you're going to protect, right? So you got to treat that voice a little bit like that five-year-old that's inside of you and say, no, there's no negotiation. The fourth step is a little bit of a combination. One, I would say four means setbacks mean nothing if you do give in you need to start again you need to be able to practice you need to have compassion with yourself and i mean that in a in a really a strong way. That's why I say you need, you need to have compassion for yourself because we do fail. We are humans. We do get overrun sometimes by our, our inner voice and we have to practice. So you will get stronger. It's just like when you go to the gym, you got to, practice lifting weights. At first you can only press five pounds, then you get to eight and then to 10. You can't just go in there once and do 20 pounds and think you're going to build up your muscles. It takes time. Okay. So four is setbacks mean nothing and just have compassion with yourself. But if the voice doesn't stop, if you dismiss it and it keeps on badgering you, then you have to refocus your attention, which is step five, and take action. So refocusing your attention means, okay, I cannot continue to sit here because all I can think about is M&Ms, so I've got to get up and go to the bathroom. I'm going to go get myself a drink of water, or I'm going to take a brisk walk around the block, or I'm going to pick up the phone and call a friend who knows I'm trying to get over M&Ms and and they are going to support me. They're going to tell me, no, 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 you don't need that stuff. And that's why the 12-step program is so successful because people have support groups. So you got to get yourself a support group and support yourself so that even if you do have a setback, you just redecide again, recognize it again dismiss it again, and continue to refocus in your attention on what it is you do want. So if you are running a marathon and your voice is telling you, this is too hard, this is too hard, you say, thank you for sharing, please be quiet. And you just move on and you keep on going towards your dreams because if you don't, nobody else will. You have to decide plan for what you need to do, and then take baby steps every day towards your dreams. That's what taking action is really all about. Don't let that inner voice trip you up, but the more aware you are of how it shows up, what shows up for you and what triggers you, then the easier it will be for you to overcome that obstacle when it's time. And once you start accomplishing and reaching your goals It feels so, so, so good. There's just nothing else like celebrating a win.
0: Right, Magic? I love that. So I'm going to tell that to Gwen, who is my not so nice inner voice.
1: See, I knew. We know. We know what their name
0: (laughs) is. Totally. And I will talk to Gwen about all of that. Now, you've shared so much fantastic information, so I really want the listeners to go look you up on Facebook at Emergent Leadership, Instagram Emerge Leadership, LinkedIn Maureen Ross-Gem, and over to your website, EmergeLeadershipAcademy.com. Thank you so much for these couple of episodes. There's just been so much wisdom shared. I, I really love it. Thank you. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. And listeners, thank you for your time. This was your episode 177 in 178. We have Kathleen Finnegan joining us, and that will be a very fun episode as well. But for now, go forth and create your magical life. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to hear future episodes, leave a review, and share this podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at A Magical Life Podcast or at Holistic Natural Health Australia. That's holistic with a W. You can find us on Instagram at Holistic Natural Health or at www.holisticnaturalhealth.com.au. That's where you'll access all sorts of articles, freebies and more.